Hey everybody, welcome to MindRise. I am your host, Ian Philo. This podcast is designed to help find solutions to everyday mental blocks. Its goal is to provide you with the tools to rise and break through your own barriers. In the game of life, we can be our own worst enemies. I created this podcast in response to my own battles with my mind. Instead of sinking further down, join me to commit to a more positive perception of ourselves and those around us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Rise podcast. I'm your host, Ian Philo. Today marks episode number 40. Yes, we have been doing this podcast for over a year now. I believe the one-year anniversary was on October 23rd. So I just wanted to thank all of you that have listened to all of the episodes leading up to this point. The one-year anniversary, this is actually a pretty big deal. Um, I know I wasn't as consistent as I wanted to be, but still, I've been consistent enough to the point where I am happy and thrilled to still be recording at this point. Um, episode 40, it's a big deal. One year anniversary. I thought this would drop off after five or ten episodes and I'd get bored of it, but I just love it too much. And I love coming up with content. I love interviewing people, and I just love recording and sharing my thoughts and and hearing your guys' responses to it. Now, let's get rolled right into the topic today. So, um, full disclosure, this topic may or may not be triggering to some people. It's not anything super controversial. It's just uh, kind of something that I wanted to talk about in a very more or less vulnerable time in America right now. So that topic has to do with American politics and which side to choose in this crazy world that we've all grown to to know and can polarized America find the middle way? The actual title of this podcast will be can polarized America find the middle way? And that's something that I've been considering and thinking about for a while. And I think a lot of people that fall on the more moderate end of political ideologies and what they're trying to figure out um, would agree with that as well. So jumping right into this, a lot of the source material that I'm referencing today was from an article in psychologytoday.com. Um, and I pulled a lot of info from that, and I kind of have my own thoughts on it as well. I am by no means a political science major. I am by no means super educated on politics. Um, again, the main point of this episode is to really just question the status quo and bring some things to the table that people might have not necessarily thought about originally. Um, I... I'm not trying to self-plug my um, candidacy, or I mean, I'm not trying to promote the, the certain candidate that I want to win the election or anything like that. Um, just presenting a lot of research that I thought was interesting and that we as Americans and everyone of every culture in the world should think about. So starting off, Um, Can polarized America find a middle way? 
E Pluribus Unum um, means out of many, one. And that is the motto of the United States of America. So, out of many, one. So, that's kind of a very self-explanatory statement. So, out of many divided cultures, divided colonies, divided people, we unite as one in the United States. That's their motto. United States of America, it's in the name too. So why have we become so divided as a country? Is there any hope for unity? Or is our country stuck in the mindset of wanting to be polarized? America's toxic polarization could be explained in psychological terms as having collectively fallen into the trap of a classic cognitive distortion called all-or-none thinking, whereby we falsely view the world as either black or white, rather than acknowledging nuances within gray areas. The fact is, guys, that there are so many gray areas in politics, especially controversial hot-button topics in America. Admitting that there are gray areas or compromising makes a lot of people feel weak or that they are losing the debate or conversation. We are a tribal society and a tribal people after all. And of course, right, of course, admitting that there could be faults in either party, in either political system, could expose someone's underbelly and make them look weak, which is something a lot of people don't want to do. Recent research has found robust evidence that our brains often fail to weigh the evidence that would allow us to properly integrate information due to binary bias, that instead favors processing continuous data into separate dichotomous categories. Like other cognitive biases, this kind of unconscious thinking probably evolved as an efficient shortcut, but can get us into trouble when it leads to narrow-minded decision-making based on entrenched beliefs. I thought that was a really cool piece um, presented in the article. Um, our brains often fail to weigh the evidence that would allow us to properly integrate information due to binary bias. So everything that's presented to us in the media, everything that's presented to us on social media, everywhere on a daily basis, it is the most basic programming in our brain to pick right or left, black or white, um, up or down. It's, it's, um, it's pre-programmed. We're not pre-programmed to select gray areas or be very open-minded, creative thinkers. The most surefire, clear-cut way of decision-making is through these binary biases. The national conversation about abortion, immigration, gun control is typically framed in terms of polar opposites. Instead of seeking a middle ground, the dominant political strategy now consists of trying to shift the conversation by advocating extremes and using windows of party majority advantage to railroad legislation through Congress and to appoint partisan Supreme Court justices. Um, again, I thought this was an interesting point. Um, obviously, my listeners are free to agree or disagree. I Again, I am not here to... <laughs> To plug a certain view, I just think a lot of these thoughts are very um, eye-opening, and perhaps we should consider them more, what's happening behind the scenes. 
some have claimed that cognitive biases are more prevalent among certain political supporters, but a more accurate and productive perspective is that cognitive biases are normal fallibilities of all human brains, regardless of their political orientation. The cognitive simplicity of black and white thinking often leads to overconfidence in political beliefs. Today, finding a middle ground for common good is a philosophy that's familiar to us all, even if it's hard to follow in our daily lives. Most married people know that the secret of happiness is compromise, but it requires that we not think of compromise as a mutual loss. I think that statement was huge. I have that bolded, I have that underlined, I have that highlighted. We cannot think of compromise as a culture, as American society, as a mutual loss. There are certain policies put in place. There are certain things that are voted on, that are moved forward with, and help progress society. And I really feel that people get so hard-pressed in their political ideologies that even if something is passed that really promotes the greater good of society, people will always hate it because they're going to have their cognitive biases and they're going to they're going to know, you know, the underlying belief that this certain thing stands behind and they're going to think of it as them losing, not society advancing. And we have to be really careful about that because again, I just think that's a really toxic way to think about things, especially if we're trying to be more united, right? If we're trying to be more unified as a country and not divided. A national survey conducted by the Hidden Tribes of America project found that an exhausted majority, as many as two-thirds of the U.S. population, are fed up with political polarization fueled by the voices of relative extremists and instead believe in seeking common ground. Organized by a group calling itself More in Common, the Hidden Tribes Project aims to encourage flexible thinking in order to restore a sense of respect and unity to the country. According to its mission statement, More in Common aims to build more united, inclusive, and resilient societies in which people believe what they want, and people believe that what they have in common is greater than what divides them. In a somewhat similar vein, the concept of intellectual humility, the acknowledgement that our personal convictions might be wrong, has gained recent traction in psychology with potential applications to religious tolerance, scientific discourse, and politics alike. Of note, Duke psychologist Mark Leary's research on intellectual humility found no evidences to support the rigidity of the right hypothesis. Intellectual humility is equally present and equally lacking among both liberals and conservatives. And again, this isn't a, this isn't um, something that, I, like I said earlier, that I'm favoring towards one side or the other. Both liberals and conservatives have rigidity in their certain beliefs. And if we get to a point where we're so extreme in thinking these things, and we're so extreme in thinking that these things that are candidates are saying are prophecy and they can't have any fallibilities and they can't have then they can't be held up for accountability or injustice is just ludicrous 
I think a lot of times as a society and as a culture, we have lost so much hope in the world. And whether it's in ourselves, religion, and, and everything else that we deitize, we, we think of these people in politics as like demigods or something like they're the second coming of christ and i I think that's just so not helpful for what we're going through especially with the coronavirus and other horrible things that are happening in the world whatever we choose to call it open-mindedness intellectual humility or a preferred term that a lot of people use cognitive flexibility the psychological anecdote To getting stuck in black and white thinking involves first being aware of our cognitive biases and then making an effort to see beyond them. As a famous Zen tells us, we have to first empty our teacups in order to make room to expand our minds. And I think that, (laughs) I didn't finish that sentence, I think it was a Zen philosopher, so sorry about that. Um, The more we're boxed in, I have this bolded too, the more we're boxed in, into dichotomous categories of tribes and teams the more we dig our heels into our respective dogmas. To deviate means admitting that I'm wrong, not just my beliefs, that idea that we are our beliefs, and that changing them is a weakness that equates to losing ourselves is something we would do well to get away from. In politics, that change has to include our leaders. From Donald Trump and Barack Obama to Abe Lincoln, politicians have been long taken, have have long been taken to task for the unforgivable crime of flip-flopping or dithering. Changing one's mind in light of new information can be deadly for politicians. And I think we all understand that, right? But it doesn't have to be this way. After all, while cognitive flexibility involves taking a broad range of perspectives into account and adapting to change, It's not the same as indecisiveness. Heavy lifting indeed, while compromise may have been a key factor in our evolutionary success, it still conflicts with our tribal instincts, like black and white thinking, which are tightly sewn into our neuronal fabric. And I think that's another key thing. We're we're so, it's sewn into our identity. We We have a lot of this black and white thinking integrated into our psyche and it's hard for us to consider a middle ground it's hard for us to consider a gray area but especially now especially with with the polarization that is real and present in america we have to consider these things holocaust survivor ellie weisel famously argued we must take sides neutrality helps the oppressor never the victim silence encourages the tormentor never the tormented so that was kind of an interesting quote to address the naysayer of people that are like, oh, like, well, you can't be neutral about everything. Like, you have to take a side. Like, you have to stand up for something. Like, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, that's how we form our, our identities, and that's how we, we identify with certain tribes. But we can't let it get, I personally believe that we can't let it get so out of hand that, that we're discouraging the greater good of our people, of America, as a country. Um, We must take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. 
that was a very interesting statement as well. When you don't stand for anything, you stand for nothing. Just so, in the present political divide staged as a conflict of moral righteousness between good and evil, where the pressure to be immovable in our convictions is pervasive and strong, if you want to hear a kumbaya message of compromise, most of us get stuck on, if I'm right, they're wrong. Why try to meet in the middle? And I'm going to close with this. There are two answers. First, that's what the other side is thinking too. One of us, or both of us, could be wrong. That's what intellectual humility is. And second, we have to start from a place of empathy for our ideological opposites, which is virtually non-existent in the political climate today. It's like, this person thinks this person worships the devil, and this person thinks this person is a bunch of hippies, and it's just, it's out of, it's out of control. We have to start from a place of empathy for our ideological opposites, not the same as agreement or apologism. If we ever hope to change hearts and minds, bringing us closer to a place of mutual understanding and meaningful change, that's Psychotherapy 101. So, again, I hope this was possibly eye-opening for you. It definitely was for me. Um, helps me consider a lot of things before I shove my opinion or try to act like I know everything and that I have empathized with other people's life experiences and that I've considered why some people vote a certain way because of the way they grew up and because of the life experience they had and because America wasn't the same place for them as it was for me depending on the color of my skin, my environment, my my everything. And I think it would do us good as humans to consider all of these things before we get so fired up to hate. And again, like I don't mean to sound like preachy or like a wise sage or anything. I'm not, guys, I'm not. I, I have false just like any other human being all i'm asking is open your mind open the conversation don't get so polarized and perhaps that will lead us down a better path than what we're on thank you for listening really appreciate it guys um we've made it to episode 40 super excited for the next episode if you guys do not already follow me on instagram Follow me on Instagram, it's philo.arts. I recently made a TikTok account also where I am sharing my art and progress shots of my sketches and stuff like that. My tag for that, or my TikTok handle, I guess, is philo underscore arts. So lowercase, all lowercase, F-I-L-O underscore A-R-T-S. Follow me on TikTok, on Instagram, and thank you for watching. All right, thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a good day, guys.